today. The candidates who want to serve you as Jackson County Sheriff, Van Buren County Sheriff, Putnam County Commissioner, Cookville City Council, White County Commissioner, and Pickett County Commissioner. Welcome to Meet the Candidates from Live Rock 95.9 and News Talk 94.1. I'm Tom Duggan. Today, our series continues where you get the chance to hear from the candidates, where they stand, the issues that are important in their minds, where they want to take the Upper Cumberland moving forward. We begin today's program with Chris Carter. Now, Chris is challenging for the office of sheriff in Jackson County in the upcoming election. Chris, it's good to have you on the program. What was it that led to your decision to run for Jackson County Sheriff? Well, it's good to good to talk to you. I'm glad to have the opportunity to uh, speak with you. Um, I've worked with uh, I worked in Jackson County for 13 years. You know, just I had a lot of people say, "Hey, would, have you ever thought about running for sheriff?" Which I and I have, and uh, just had several people who reached out to me and uh, had expressed their desire to have me to run and. You know, I just want to see Jackson County. I just want to see that keep improving. I mean, the, the department, not anything bad about them. They're just, they've done some great things, and I want to see those things continue on. Chris, obviously, you have a background in law enforcement. With that, what are some other experiences you feel help you be a good candidate for Jackson County Sheriff? Well, of course, I started out working in the jail as a corrections officer. And, uh, I did that for, you know, held several different positions in doing that. And that's a, that's a position that really gets overlooked a lot of times in law enforcement. They really, the people in corrections don't really get the, the attaboys that they deserve. You know, it's something that's just kind of behind the scenes, but it's a very important job and it's a very tough and demanding job. I mean, you end up spending a lot of times you're working 12 hour shifts. Uh, you're spending more time at the jail than you actually are with your family. By the time you go home, eat, go to bed, get up and come back the next day. But I've also served for the last four years. I've also served as a county commissioner. So I'm really familiar with the budget, not just the sheriff's department budget, but just the county's budget overall. But I know how important each of those budgets are, how important it is for an elected official to be a good steward of taxpayer money and to help keep our taxes down. I mean, I'm a taxpayer, and there's a lot of other people out here who are taxpayers, and you know, we want to try to keep that down as much as we can. And that's one of my goals as sheriff is be a good steward of taxpayer dollars. Chris, I know for a sheriff, you want to have a, a good – working relationship with the public you want them to respect you you want to respect them how do you kind of grow and nurture that type of relationship with the community in your mind well i think that's a it's a very important relationship um you know the sheriff's department we can't do everything all just on our own we need people out here we want people to feel uh comfortable enough to call us and and let us know what's going on in their communities and i think the way you do that is just being being available, get out and see people, you know, go out, check, follow up on calls. When call, a certain amount of calls come in, uh, you know, go out yourself as the sheriff and go out and talk to some, a few people and find out, hey, what's going on out here in your community. Um, but being close with the communities, each one of them, is a very important part of being the sheriff. And I, it's, a, it's a great tool that helps the sheriff do a better job. It also keeps the community involved. When people can see the job that you're doing, and they can kind of see a little bit of behind-the-scenes part of it. It's not just somebody driving down the road. Oh, i seen a patrol car go down. You know, they feel like, man, the sheriff stopped out here or the deputy stopped out here and actually talked to me. And just building those relationships are very important. Chris Carter is our guest on Meet the Candidates. He is seeking the office of Jackson County Sheriff. Chris, drugs are a problem, it seems, everywhere, particularly we've seen it in the Upper Cumberland how do you feel like you best combat the drug issue? Well, that's definitely that's an ongoing, you know, it's an ongoing problem, especially in the Upper Cumberland area, and uh, Jackson County is no exception to that. You know, it used to be meth labs, then it went to prescription pills, and now what we're seeing is a lot of this fentanyl, uh, a large amount of methamphetamine that's coming in. Basically, it's coming in through the border, and it's making its way into in the small into the small counties. You know, you don't think of that happening, but it does. And that's where we're seeing such an increase in this. I don't think it's just a one a problem that you can just tackle one way. I think, you know, obviously you got to get out here and work. And being a small department, we're going to have to reach out to other par other departments and work with them, and use some of their resources, like you know, with the task force and some of those people that have those resources that are more readily available. For one, help keep costs down on taxpayers here, but 
you know, like I said, it's a small department. We just don't have the money to fund some of those resources that we could use to fight drugs. So we we're going to reach out to the task force and other agencies and partner, you know, where we can with them. I think also another thing is making sure that when we have people who are incarcerated, making sure we've got good programs to help, you know, maybe get them into recovery and hopefully get them to, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, who are addicted to drugs that won't help. They just don't know how to get it. And I think making those available is another approach too. I think it's just, like I said, I think it's one of those problems you're going to attack it from a couple of different angles. Um, another thing is being involved in the schools, uh, doing drug awareness classes for the kids and teaching them the dangers, you know, and being out in the community. Chris, as you've met with and spoken with local voters during your campaign, what are some of the concerns they're sharing with you? Um, drugs is uh, drugs is probably number one thing. That's uh, that's you know the biggest thing that we see. Uh, biggest thing we hear about. Um, another issue has been mental health, folks with mental illness. How are you going to handle that? And I think making sure that officers have more training beyond just what the standard training that we get. We get like two or three hours every year. Maybe it may be four hours every year during our in-service. But you know, reaching out to some of these other places who deal with mental illness, who could maybe come in and give us a little better insight on how to deal with these people and how to help them. Because like I said, there, I've seen. My time in law enforcement, there's been, I mean, I don't know how many people that get locked up when really what they have is a mental a mental health issue. And I think anytime we can reach out and get those resources and get those people the help that they need, that's good. Uh, and, and another one is just, uh, you know, just being available. That's what I think people want to see the sheriff out. They want to see him working. And uh had a guy recently told me, he said, you know, he said, uh, you know, I talked to him. He said, Mr. Carter, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm going to give you my vote. He said, it's going to be up to you whether or not you keep it. And I said, hey, that's all I can ask. But there, there's a lot of concerns. There's a, and those concerns, I guess they kind of fluctuate depending on what's going on in the community at times. So I think you've got to be able to adapt to what the needs are. Chris Carter, as we wrap up today, if the voters of Jackson County do elect you as their sheriff, what would they be getting in Chris Carter as Jackson County Sheriff? Well, they're going to be getting somebody that uh, believes in a common sense approach to law enforcement. And, you know, above all, I believe in honesty and, te- and, and integrity and do- just doing what's right, even no matter what the cost. I believe that the sheriff and the sheriff's employees should hold themselves to a higher standard and, you know, just being more involved with our schools and our communities. You know, if, if I'm elected sheriff, I'm going to get up and I'm going to come in and work hard every day. I think when you ask people for their vote, you're asking them for a four-year term, and I think they expect to get four years out of you, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start off going after it, and that's the way I'm going to finish out. I don't, I'm not going to slack off. Chris Carter has been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, he is seeking election to the position of Jackson County Sheriff in the August 4th general election. Up next on Meet the Candidates is Brad Stafford. Brad is seeking the office of Jackson County Sheriff in the upcoming August general election. Brad, it's good to have you on the program. What led to your decision to run for Jackson County Sheriff? Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me. Uh, allow me to you know, speak to some folks. Maybe you don't get a chance to speak to everyone. So I guess the best way to describe my decision uh, to run, uh, actually, I, I was sheriff in Jackson County from 2010 to 2014. And uh, the last couple of years, I've I've heard a lot from a lot of the citizens out in the county, uh, encouraged me, want me to run again. So one to fulfill some of those needs and and really just want to make uh do everything I can to make our county better, you know, make it a better place for our children, a safer place for our children, you know, work on everything can be worked on with our uh our drug problems that we have not only in our county, you know, across the upper Cumberland statewide, it's uh drugs don't know where the county line border is at, and it's a never-ending fight, and it's something that I take very serious, near and dear to my heart. Just so that input from those citizens and those concerns from you know myself or the family, those are the deciding factors it made me want to run for office again and uh, try to improve our county. Brad, you mentioned people coming and talking to you, and certainly the drug issues you mentioned widespread across the Upper Cumberland. Are there any other issues that are pertaining particularly to Jackson County that have also factored into this decision to to come back and run for this office again? 
I guess some other, you know, some other issues pertaining to Jackson County is uh, our county is uh, not a large populated county. Uh, we have several, you know, several separate communities throughout the county, and they're all they're all very important. And talking to those people in all those communities, they all have separate issues, and a lot of them are the same as well. And the, one of the one of the big things that's talked about is, uh, you know, like. Our, with our schools, our school safety, we want to see more involvement uh, from deputies, uh, community relations. Uh, that's something, you know, from my own experience, I know it's something is a never-ending, never-ending process. It's something you, you, you never will have it complete. It's a never-ending thing you've got to keep working on. And working with your citizens in your county is, is what it's going to take. Brad, talking about community relations and communication with the citizens in the community, how really important is that when you're in law enforcement to, to kind of have that open-door policy yet, you know, be able to go out in the community and, and do that, have that communication with the citizens? It's very important, Tom. I began law enforcement in 1999, and I thought I knew what law enforcement was about exactly from being just a citizen outside looking in. There, there's a lot more to it. Folks that, don't, that don't, have, don't have family members or close friends involved in law enforcement, we need to work on ways to have more public meetings, more education with citizens to help them understand what, what it's like to be in law enforcement and earn that trust, earn that support. And, you know, from experience from being sheriff before, I realize how now, how kind of big of a deal that is because you're not going to accomplish everything you can accomplish as the sheriff or in the law enforcement setting in your county without that community support and involvement. Brad Stafford is our guest to meet the candidates. Again, he is running for Jackson County Sheriff in the August general election. Brad, I know we touched on drugs. Let's come back around to that topic because it is such a big deal. What more can be done, do you feel like, to help combat the drug issue that we're seeing? I think one thing you can do to help combat the, that problem is, like I stated earlier, uh, having a, work, a good working relationship with you know your surrounding counties, your, your other agencies that can work within your county to assist you. Like I said, Jackson County, is a, we're, we're, we're a smaller county. We don't have a large staff as far as deputies, detectives, and things of that sort, our, our resources are limited. So we have to work with what we've got. But when you can partner with those other agencies, those state agencies, and even at times when I was here before the federal agencies, you have to be able to work with those folks, have the real good lines of communication, and work together on stuff. And I think the more you can work together and have that communication with your citizens, with those other agencies, the more successful you'll be at that in combating your drug problem and also being sure you provide the correct type of training for all your employees so they can be better at their job, so they can be more effective at their job and do their job more safely. Brad, going back to the time when you ran and were elected sheriff before, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in these last eight years that you've been out of office? Well, Tom, I guess some of the changes I've seen have been there's not been as much, seems like, support or perhaps leadership for or direction. Direction is probably a better word for uh, employees and ex expectations. And uh, like to, you know, lay out clear expectations, provide, provide some of that lack of training I touched on, in, increase on that. Because our times change all the time, and you have to keep up with the times. And if we can get kind of back up to speed where we should be already, then we can just we can continue to do a good job and, and make our county safer and a better place to live. Brad Stafford, if the voters of Jackson County elect you to the office of sheriff, what will they be getting in Brad Stafford as their sheriff? Well, Tom, you know you, you go to a lot of these uh, our public events. And you, and you speak, and, and I always say it, uh, I'm not a politician. I'm a worker. I'm a doer. I, I, I like to get things done. Um, I've not been in law enforcement all my life, or I've not been a politician all my life. I have life, a lot of life experiences, 
and I have experience in law enforcement. And I think that makes me uh, one of the best candidates for this position and can relate to people easier because I'm not going to be a politician. I'm going to be the best sheriff I can possibly be. I'm going to work with what I've got and work every day to get things done that need to be done to make our county better, make our county safer, and make it the best place possible to live in and raise our children. Brad Stafford has been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, he is seeking the office of Jackson County Sheriff coming up in the August election. Efforts to reach incumbent Jackson County Sheriff Marty Henson thus far have been unsuccessful. If you are going to court, you need the very best. You need a specialist with proven experience and results to get you justice. Cookville attorney Henry Fincher is who you need. He's a Harvard Law School graduate. He's recognized as a national super lawyer. Henry Fincher is a certified specialist in civil trial, elder law, and family law. No other attorney in Tennessee has more certified specialties. Don't trust your case to just any lawyer. Hire the best. Hire Henry Fincher. One store could change your landscape. Don't let that happen. Call Putnam County Tree Service to get the trees trimmed, dead branches removed, stumps ground. All it takes is one strong wind to damage your home. Putnam County Tree Service can help with the heavy branches to keep your trees healthy and strong. Call 528-3828. 528-3828 to protect your home, your landscape, your family. Putnam County Tree Service. Make the call this week. Michael Brock is next up on Meet the Candidates. He is challenging for the office of Ambien County Sheriff in the upcoming election. Thank you for joining us today, Michael. First of all, what led to your decision to run for Ambien County Sheriff? Uh, good morning, sir. It's good to be with you. Um, I have built my life uh, and my family's life here in Ambien County, having lived here all but about one year of my life. And for the last 12 years plus, I've worked with the city of Spencer, uh, police department as the chief of that department for the last nine years, where I've been given the opportunity to serve the citizens of the city of Spencer. And during that, I've worked alongside uh, the Van Buren County Sheriff's Department. And with our current sheriff retiring uh, and the position coming open, many of the community reached out to me and looking for someone that they could trust uh, to lead the department. And after much prayer and discussion with my family, I've decided to offer my service to the citizens of Van Buren County if they want to elect me to be their sheriff. What other law enforcement experience do you have to go along with that that also help make you a good candidate for sheriff? All of my law enforcement uh, background and career has been spent here with the city of Spencer. I worked three years as patrolman. Um, after working uh, two years, I was recognized by the Cumberland Region uh, as the Officer of the Year awarded by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office in 2012 uh, for my patrol efforts. Um, in 2013, the city mayor at the time and the Board of Aldermen approached me to fill the vacant position of chief, where um, I humbly accepted that. I've just continued my training through the years uh, to try to make myself the best that I could be uh, and also be able to provide the officers with the city of Spencer the best training that I can provide them as well. And that's that's reached out as uh, to other departments. I've done training for the Van Buren County Sheriff's Department as well as some of the neighboring agencies in the adjoining counties. You mentioned having worked side-by-side side with the Van Buren County Sheriff's Office as City Police Chief. How important do you feel that is for the two agencies really to work together? Uh, yes, sir. It's very important, um, especially in our smaller counties, rural counties. There's not a reason why we shouldn't band together uh, to achieve uh, the common goal, uh, which is um, a safer communities for all of our citizens. Um, with Spencer being the county seat of Van Buren County, we work really close with the Sheriff's Department because of the proximity of uh, travelers coming in and out of the city. The Sheriff's Department reaches out to us for assistance, and there's, they're always available if, if we would reach out to them, too. Michael Bronk is our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, he is seeking the office of Van Buren County Sheriff in the upcoming August election. Michael, what do you feel like some of the biggest concerns are facing law enforcement in Van Buren County? Currently, I would say uh, staffing and uh, finding 
the right personnel to fill those positions and those vacancies with the sheriff's department is uh, probably the biggest challenge right now. How difficult is it to find those people, good people, to fill those positions, especially being from a smaller county like Van Buren? Well, with uh, the number of vacancies that are there, I would have to say uh, that it's uh, fairly difficult. And it's not only here, but uh, I've talked with uh, sheriffs and chiefs from other agencies and counties uh, around us, as well as read some articles that have been published by some sheriffs from larger counties. Uh, and I think that staffing and personnel is a challenge uh, across the board in our small cities and our smaller counties, but also in the, in the larger cities and larger counties. I think it's just hard to, a hard time to find good staffing and personnel. But uh, I would like to see us be able to reach out to the young men and women of Van Buren County and provide an opportunity for those uh, who are vested here and have an interest in law enforcement to uh, give them that opportunity if they so choose and try to work with them and educate them and train them and bring them up to where they can begin to fill those roles and those positions as we go forward. Michael, drugs seem to be a problem, not just in the Upper Cumberland, but we're seeing it everywhere now across the state of Tennessee. Do you feel like that's an issue that needs to be addressed as well in Van Buren County? And if so, how do you go about kind of attacking that problem on a local level? Uh, yes, sir, it is very much a problem in Van Buren County. Just to continue with the enforcement that we, that, you know, as the Spencer Police Department that we currently uh, work to uh, enforce to continue that effort, but to also uh, work as close as we can with our neighboring agencies and even our state agencies uh, who provide resources and information to us and uh, just come together in an effort to combat the drug problem uh, as a whole. I think one thing we can do is uh, another thing we can do is communicate closely with the DA's office on these cases that we're able to build to try to achieve uh, the proper prosecution on those cases. And um, I know uh, I've learned a little bit about to the uh, success of the 31st Judicial Drug Court Program, which is a good program, uh, and maybe that's something that we could look at that would try to help prevent uh, reoccurrences in offenders uh, once they get out of jail or once they get back out on the street. Michael Brock, what are some of the biggest things you've learned during the course of this campaign so far? Uh, just uh, how much people are looking for someone who they can trust and uh, someone that they can call and uh, express their concerns to. They're wanting somebody to listen. And uh, I think my, my track record shows that I'm that person uh, with the uh, reputation that I've earned uh, working for the city of Spencer, trying to serve the citizens there. Uh, they're just looking for someone they can trust and depend upon and someone who will give it their best effort to uh, try to uh, bring the right outcome in the situations that we're faced with. When you talk to local voters, what do you hear from them as far as their concerns go? Uh, the concerns that I hear is that, you know, they want to see you and they want to be able to reach out to you uh, in their time of need. They want to know that you're going to be there for them. And uh, as I've been talking with folks throughout the county, and in, even inside the city limits uh, while I've been campaigning. Uh, basically, they're saying, you know, uh, we want you to continue being the way you are. Uh, you know, when we call you, you answer. Whenever uh, we need to talk, it seems like you're there with an ear to try to give us uh, the best advice we can. You seem to be someone who genuinely cares, and, and I do. Uh, like I said, I've lived here all but one year of my life, graduated school here, married, built my life and my family's lives here. Um, and I've tried my best to serve the citizens of the city for the time that I've been with the Spencer Police Department and uh, just uh, feel the, the burden and the, the calling and the, uh, being compelled to offer that to the whole county to uh, be the best servant that I can to the citizens, but also to be the best leader that I can to the department. Michael Brock has been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, Michael is seeking election to the office of Van Buren County Sheriff in the upcoming August 4th election. Our next guest on Meet the Candidates is A.J. Donatio. He is an incumbent candidate seeking re-election to the Putnam County Commission out of District 7. A.J., it's good to have you on the program today. Going back when you initially decided to run for the Putnam County Commission, what led to that decision to run? Okay. Um, well, thank you. First, let me thank you for having me on and giving me an opportunity to um, express my thanks to the people of the 7th District for electing me four years ago. 
and uh, you know going ahead and, and making my my case as to why they should they should want me to stay in office. So four years ago, uh, I retired, and it gets to go back a little bit, and I'll try to keep this short. Um, I retired in Putnam County out of the Navy after 24 years in 2012. And um, when you're in the military, you kind of have to keep your wits about you as far as politics go. You can't really discuss it all that much. It's, it's, it's a job, and it's a little more than that. Okay. So once I retired, I started getting involved with local politics and you know, with the Republican Party. Um, and that led me to growing an interest and trying to figure out how I could best continue my service, not so much to the country anymore, but to the people of the, of the 7th District in Putnam County. So that's when I decided that, you know what, I, I, can, I can best serve as, on the county commission because at that time I, I didn't live in the city either. So, and I still don't. AJ, what do you feel make up the most important characteristics of a good county commissioner? Uh, one, you have to be an aggressive reader. Uh, we receive a, a fair amount of documentation. The budget, if you've ever seen it, is, is almost scary in size. And you have to be willing to take a look at this. And the budget's the number one thing that we do, by the way. We'll, get, we'll probably get into that. Uh, you have to be willing to take a look at this massive document, break it into pieces to try and understand, keeping in mind this is a part-time job, and I'm not an accountant, um, to try and get the information you need to most effectively decide how you're going to allocate limited resources. The county commissioner's job, uh, it, it, to be honest, the, the county commissioner's job can be summed up pretty easily. It's weighing the needs of the taxpayer. That's, you know, people, whether you're renting or buying, everybody's paying property taxes. Your, your need to pay as little in taxes as possible also with your desire that we have good schools, good roads, and that when you dial 911, somebody's going to show up. Putnam County is experiencing a tremendous amount of growth, as we've just been seeing in recent years. How do you go about maybe pushing the county to handle and regulate that growth? Well, fortunately, Randy Porter is exceptional as our county mayor. I mean, we, we, are, we are blessed to have him. Um, he, he comes to us, you know, we are the county commission. If, if Randy is the president of the county, then we're the House and the Senate combined. So he comes to us with, with information and, you know, as far as like businesses that want to relocate here, um, you know, uh, and, and trying to figure out how we can best meet those needs. Also, keeping in mind infrastructure, roads, some of the roads are the counties, some are the states. And, and we can't do a whole lot with the state roads like, you know, Jefferson and Willow. We can't do a whole lot with that, um, but we can with the county roads. So, but, but we have our elected representatives with Ryan Williams and Paul Bailey to help us with those state issues as well, to try and keep that infrastructure up while, at the same time, understanding that growth is going to happen. We can't stop it, but we can try and manage it as best we can. A.J. Donatio is our guest on Meet the Candidates. He is seeking re-election to the Putnam County Commission out of District 7. AJ, do you see any specific things that maybe you feel that the county needs to do a better job of? Well, right now, as as we're moving along and progressing, again, we have great leadership in Randy Porter. I can't I can't stress that enough. We have anticipated as best we can uh, the growth. We're you know moving that fairgrounds, and that was an issue that I ran on um, when I ran in 2018. As I was going door to door talking to people, I, I needed to know their thoughts on on schools, which we have a school coming into District Seven on Lee Seminary Road. That's the new uh, Parkview School that's being moved. I was on that naming committee. Um, so that was that's that's a wonderful thing for our area, and then the fairgrounds. Overall, I mean, overwhelmingly, people wanted the fairgrounds moved, and so I ran on that. And one of the people who I ran against was was against that, and you know, I'm for it, and that's okay. That's 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 how things work. As far as management, when unfortunately none of us have a great crystal ball, mine's in the blank. So when things come up, like I don't know, a tornado and then COVID, you can't plan for that. So you do what you can with what you have. And I think we've done reasonably well with that. There's not a whole lot I would change. Now, looking back, there might be some things I could change, but we didn't have that information going forward. AJ, how important do you feel it is for the county to have a strong relationship with the city of Cookville? Oh, that's integral. Uh, last night at uh, the county commission meeting, we entered into a joint purchase with the city council on a piece of property in the, uh, develop in the Highlands Development District. Um, 
there's the, the, the cities, you know, you have, you know, Baxter, Allgood, Monterey, Cookville. We have to work with them and they have to work with us. And when I say have to, I don't want to, it's not a chore. It's actually been a joy. I mean, occasionally you're going to bump heads on an issue and that's okay. But for the most part, everybody's working towards the betterment of the community. And that's a good thing. There's been a great deal of focus on broadband access recently. How important do you feel that is? One of the issues that we do have is communication. And if, if we end up in a situation where we're having to do remote schooling again, and that's, it, it's not impossible that we could face a, an, another COVID-type crisis. I mean, it's typically a once-in-every-50-year kind of thing. But barring that, gasoline. The, the, the price of transportation is such that there is a couple of universities that are going to four-day and going back to online be, to try and save students money. I just read about it. I can't tell you which one. Um, that, I, I'm not predicting anything, but that reality, depending what, what happens with the price of energy, we have to be, be prepared for something like that and have that broadband capability so that students and businesses and people can try and maintain their lives as, as well as possible, given the fact that the reality is it's not impossible we could see $7 a gallon. A.J. Donatio, as you meet and speak with the voters in the 7th District, what are you hearing from them in terms of their concerns? <laughs> and that, that, It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I'm, you know, I, I knock on doors. That's how I campaign because with a last name like Donatio, which is obviously a good Cookville name, there's exactly <laughs> six of us here. The most common phone call I've gotten in the past four years is potholes. Now, we can't keep those from forming, but we, but we can get on them when the weather clears after the winter to try and get them fixed. So it's roads. It's roads and infrastructure having to do with, A, the influx of people, and, B, roads form potholes. They do. Now, I don't fix those, but I know the guy who does, and he gets on it very quickly. So uh, shout out to Randy Jones for that. Our guest has been A.J. Donatio. He is seeking re-election to the Putnam County Commission out of District 7. If you are going to court, you need the very best. You need a specialist with proven experience and results to get you justice. Cookville attorney Henry Fincher is who you need. He's a Harvard Law School graduate. He's recognized as a national super lawyer. Henry Fincher is a certified specialist in civil trial, elder law, and family law. No other attorney in Tennessee has more certified specialties. Don't trust your case to just any lawyer. Hire the best. Hire Henry Fincher. One store could change your landscape. Don't let that happen. Call Putnam County Tree Service to get the trees trimmed, dead branches removed, stumps ground. All it takes is one strong wind to damage your home. Putnam County Tree Service can help with the heavy branches to keep your trees healthy and strong. Call 528-3828. 528-3828 to protect your home, your landscape, your family. Putnam County Tree Service. Make the call this week. We continue to introduce you to the candidates who are running for Cookville City Council when we head to the polls in August. One of those is incumbent Mark Miller, who joins us now. Mark, thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks for having me, Larry. When you look back over this first tenure on the council, uh, what stands out to you in terms of what you learned? Yes, sir. We've gone through a lot on this previous council. There was a a tornado. We've gone through a pandemic. Um, there have been multiple um, critical issues that um, we've been over to overcome. We've been able to overcome as a city, and um, th- those things. The, the tornado was the the biggest thing that really um, I feel um, battle tested um, us as incumbents. Uh, we were out there on the front lines doing whatever we can to ensure that all of our city employees um, and our community um, were, were able to overcome um, that terrible situation. If you set aside uh, COVID and the tornado, which is hard to set aside, but kind of the other thing that stands out about this council is the work that has been done by the council and by uh, the city executive in making sure that the financial situation has improved for city employees. How important has that been to you? Yes, sir. Our employees are our number one asset in the city. 
And with inflation and some of the macroeconomic issues uh, throughout the United States, as a city, we needed to focus on ensuring that our employees were comfortable. And my goal has always been, I want a city employee to be able to afford to live in the city of Cookville. So uh, looking at rental rates and um, home values and just the cost of living in the city of Cookville, I wanted to ensure that our employees were paid fairly to um, be able to live in the city of Cookville. How much can the city council do about encouraging affordable housing? Because it's only grown as an issue as we've moved through the last four years, not just for city employees, but for anyone who wants to call this community home. One of the biggest things that we really need to focus on are um, ensuring that our home builders have the ability to build homes uh, that they can market as affordable um, there, there are some places that are underutilized um, in density aspects. So um, one thing that the city council has done in multiple areas of the city is we've worked with developers to ensure that the developer can build a product of multiple houses um, that put more houses on the line. So there's that supply and demand aspect. And um, hopefully that helps drive down the cost because there's more supply of homes than we currently have. Mark, for example, is there things that the council could do? A lot of people have talked about more living in the downtown area. Are there things that the council can do? Or is that really more how the market works in terms of supply and demand? 100%. There's a... uh, project that's currently um, happening downtown near the depot and we voted to allow it to be part of the central business district which gives the developer um, the density he needs and the um, parking requirements that he needs to build um, houses and build multiple higher density um, style housings um, that will definitely increase um, the amount of living space that's available downtown. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and it's been a long tunnel for 10th Street in terms of improvements to that roadway. Many of the other roads that cause Cookville citizens concern are state roads, and there's very limited things that, that the city can do. Does that intensify where this council and where the city government needs to look of, you know, what are other roads that might uh, need expansion? Are there some other north, south, east, west uh, roadways that could be created? Is that something that's going to grow in importance for the city in, in its work? 100%. Um, one thing that I've always heard is sometimes the best way to decrease congestion is to create a new road that you, you don't even imagine right now. And there's a couple of places that um, – we've actually budgeted in this next year's budget that will actually create a new road that um, will help alleviate some of the um, lower grades that we have on some of our city roads. Um, One, for example, is Henley Drive, which is just south of Sam's Club. Um, We voted to extend that between Jefferson and Buffalo Valley, and hopefully – um, excuse me, um, Jefferson and Bunker Hill, and hopefully that will alleviate some of the traffic um, that's on the north side of Bunker Hill, where like it uh, goes by Sam's Club and out by KFC and the Pilot Gas Station. Uh, th- that is one thing that we're, we're really looking at, and our city planners have done a really good job at showing us maps of where the traffic problems are and what we need to do to try to alleviate those traffic problems. Mark Miller is one of the candidates for Cookville City Council as we meet the candidates. The economy has uh, fared well during your four years on the council, even despite the pandemic. There are question marks, obviously, right now that none of us know about. So I'm interested in kind of how you go about the process of looking at tough decisions. How do you analyze uh, the different things that uh, are there, for example, on what to spend money on? 100%. Um, 
so I've always been an extremely frugal person. I'm, I'm the type of guy that goes to the store and uses coupons every time. I always use <laughs> apps when I go to restaurants. Um, so whenever the city's looking at, um, for example, the land purchase for a possible aquatic center, um, we, we were getting prices coming back that were like $7 million for like 10 acres of land, 15 acres of land. And we just kind of sat on it. We're like, that's not um, a feasible thing to do with our city's tax dollars. And fortunately, we um, were with Trinity Assembly um, had a piece of property that they were looking at selling. And it's actually right next to you at near Stonecom. And they gave us a price that we could not refuse. And we we're probably going to make a nice park out of it. Uh, eventually, maybe an aquatic center if the the numbers come out correctly. And um, it's one of those things when you, when you bargain shop and you really um, realize that that money is not my money. That's the citizens of Cookville's money. Um, that's what happens. As it relates to an aquatic center and other types of leisure services type projects, how important are those in keeping Cookville? Uh, the, the community that it is as we move forward? Yeah, so I've got a two-year-old son, and I want um, him and all the other families out here to have a, a fun place that they can go and um, just have a good time during the summer. Uh, it, with gas prices being really high and making it more difficult for people to travel, I want people to um, not have to worry about spending $100 on a tank of gas when they can go um, five minutes away, 10 minutes away to um, a facility here in town. But I do want to preface that with I do not want um, an aquatic center that breaks the bank. If if we do something, I want the um, profitable things that are more like splash pads that don't require long-term um, bond issuances that are that will break our bank and we can't afford fire stations because we spent a lot of money on a massive aquatic center. So balancing those things out. 100%. Mark, if somebody casts their ballot for you for Cookville city council, what are they getting? Yeah. The first thing is um, I put my personal cell phone number on the city's website. You can contact me at any point. Um, I will answer or respond to you as fast as possible. Um, and you're getting someone that's lived in Cookville their entire life, that loves the city of Cookville, that I've got a passion for law enforcement. Um, I have a, I'm a former state trooper. I've got a master's degree in public safety. I'm currently working on a PhD in criminal justice. Um, and the law enforcement, our, our police departments and fire department are over um, 50% of our entire budget. So um, I do have a um, strong willingness to work and ensure that those functions are very seamless and um, that we have the best emergency services that we possibly can have. Mark Miller, candidate for Cookville City Council, as Cookville heads to the polls in the next few days. If you are going to court, you need the very best. You need a specialist with proven experience and results to get you justice. Cookville attorney Henry Fincher is who you need. He's a Harvard Law School graduate. He's recognized as a national super lawyer. Henry Fincher is a certified specialist in civil trial, elder law, and family law. No other attorney in Tennessee has more certified specialties. Don't trust your case to just any lawyer. Hire the best. Hire Henry Fincher. One store could change your landscape. Don't let that happen. Call Putnam County Tree Service to get the trees trimmed, dead branches removed, stumps ground. All it takes is one strong wind to damage your home. Putnam County Tree Service can help with the heavy branches to keep your trees healthy and strong. Call 528-3828. 528-3828 to protect your home, your landscape, your family. Putnam County Tree Service. Make the call this week. Our next guest on Meet the Candidates is Mr. Farron Miller, who is challenging for a seat 
on the White County Commission out of District 5. Farron, it's good to have you on the program. What was it that prompted your decision to run for a seat on the county commission? Well, I've lived in this county most of my life, and I, I truly love this county. And being here every day and looking at the county and seeing what's being done, uh, I'm very impressed with what's been done in the future or in the past. But I would like to make a difference. What experiences, Farron, do you feel that you've got that helped to make you a good candidate for the commission? Well, I've lived in this District 5 for like 45 years and worked in a lot of the good companies around here. And now that I'm retired, I have time to look around and see things that could be improved, and I, I just want to be a part of it. What are some areas that do really stand out to you where you could see some improvement would really help out a whole lot? First, our landfill, by looking into recycling the garbage to keep the life of the cell longer. And second, uh, to continue working with a recreational plan that has been inundated. And third, possibly looking into our county roads with a road superintendent to maintain good roads in the county from a business perspective do you see are you happy with the amount of business that white county has to offer or would you like to see more business maybe recruited to the area yes um i've had a chance like i said being a citizen of this county so long watching it grow and i've been a part of that in the past like taco meadows and uh, Mallory controls, which left us, that left a hole in the county. But, you know, our county needs to grow more. And with business coming to this area, that would definitely make it grow uh, for our future uh, children in the workforce. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an important thing to me. Baron Miller is our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, he is seeking a seat on the White County Commission out of District 5. During your campaign, as you have met and discussed issues with local voters, what are they talking to you about in terms of what some of their major concerns are? Well, that's, a, that's another topic for me. Things like improving our county roads and working with a superintendent, looking for ways to reduce costs at our county jail, improving and looking into the animal shelter is one of the big things, and finding more funds to expand, and that, that's a big thing for me, too, because I'm an animal lover. Farron Miller, if the voters in the 5th District elect you to the White County Commission, what will they be getting in you as their county commissioner? Well, they're going to get a commissioner that's going to work for the county. Someone that loves the county as I do, I'm going to do my very best working with other commissioners to make things work. And I love this county, and I'm looking forward to be a county commissioner and, and have a boy to make a difference with the other commissioners. Farron Miller has been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, Farron is seeking a seat on the White County Commission out of District 5 in the August general election. White County Commission District 5 candidate Jordan Cock declined an invitation to participate in this program while efforts to reach White County Commission District 5 candidate Jerry Head have thus far been unsuccessful. Alex Kelso is our next guest on Meet the Candidates. Now, Alex is running for the Pickett County Commission out of District 1. Alex, thank you for joining us today. What led to this decision to run for the County Commission in Pickett County? Well, first, thanks very much, Tom, for the opportunity to discuss that. Um, I've been a full-time Pickett County resident now for over four years. I retired from a healthcare firm in uh, Nashville after uh, being in Nashville for 37 years. We really enjoy the area and we really enjoy the environment as well as the people. And my desire to run came about because I just feel there's some governmental issues that have not been addressed. I have not been a political candidate in the past. I'm a rookie, but I'm not a rookie in business and activities related to that. And I feel Pickett County needs someone who can judge and help the county go forward. You mentioned a business background. Along with that, what other experiences helped make you a good candidate for the county commission? 
Well, I obviously have a business background, as you indicated, uh, but I also have experience working with nonprofits. I was the board chair for a homeless agency in Nashville, so I understand that area, understand how to manage in the nonprofit environment, which is exactly almost the same as government. And then I also have experience as far as my church activities and those types of functions. So I think I'm pretty broad-based as far as my experience is concerned. Alex, what issues in particular factored into that decision to want to run for the county commission? Uh, well, Tom, I was really concerned at the more I attended the county commissioner's meetings over the years, and I've been to almost all of them, about the lack of inactivity to push uh, the Pickett County area forward. And I really think that Pickett County needs to move forward. We don't need any large... Uh, 300 employee businesses, but we do need some non-smokestack businesses that can help Pickett County with its taxes and uh, be able to uh, put the pressure not on the people involved, but on a great environment. And that's what I want to do. I want to be able to make Pickett County a progressive county that is still the very enjoyable environment that it currently is. During your campaign, as you've met with and spoken with local voters, what do you hear from them, Alex, in terms of what their concerns are? Well, I think the most concerns that I've heard are people are just tired of the inactivity. The county com commissioners at this point have not really progressed as far as doing anything to help Pickett County go forward. Um, they are just spoon-fed by the county executive, whatever he is uh, going about. And I just think there has to be some more proactive activity by members of the county com commission to be able to help Pickett County move forward and not just rely on the vision of one person that really don't know if we really he really has a vision or not. Alex Kelso is running for the office of Pickett County Commission out of District 1. His name will be on the ballot in the upcoming August 4th general election. That's today's Meet the Candidates. If you missed any part of today's show, be sure to visit News Talk 94.1 online for the on-demand audio. Our producer is Jake Wallman. Thank you for joining us for Meet the Candidates. I'm Tom Duggan.